Hello, everybody, and welcome yet again to another episode of the Rody of the Horn podcast. I'm here with Rody Ryan. Ryan, what's going on here? How are we doing? We have a guest today. Yeah, we do. I'm doing good, Donnie. Yeah, super excited. We got our friend Sam, regular question asker on the show for the first time. So I'm obviously doing well. I'm in another new state, as I was last podcast as well. I'm now in Missouri. I'm working for a, a baseball team here for the summer. So that's my my new location. Uh, it would it really wouldn't be a roadie on the horn podcast, Donnie, without me changing spots. So that's good, and I'm glad that we have Sam. Yeah, you know, it feels like we're just adding on to like the, the map of states that you've been in to do a podcast. Like obviously with me, I think I've done one um, just in Jersey and Colorado. You've done it in like six different states. Yeah. Some, some people like to visit all 50 states. For me, that's not good enough. I need to record a podcast. <laughs> yeah, he, he wants to record, of course. Um, but I'd like to obviously having the guest here, we want to introduce the guest. So Ryan, do you want to introduce our guest? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, Sam, uh, as I mentioned, you know, regular question asker, uh, a fellow podcast man, you know, unfortunately, Sam informed me that, that his podcast is coming to an end. So we're like, well, Sam, we got to get you on the podcast here. So, I mean, Sam, obviously, welcome on. How are you doing today, man? Yeah, I, pre- I appreciate y'all having me on. Uh, we actually worked out the kinks in the podcast. Oh, let's so go. It, we have an episode actually dropping. Uh, check it out, Crunch Time. Uh, with the big three, uh, doing a little bit of NBA talk there. But yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, super excited to get uh, this episode started. Yeah. So, so your podcast, essentially what you're saying is you pulled a Tom Brady, you, you retired and then you came out of retirement. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great that's way good. to put it. All right. I like hearing that. So that's good stuff. All right, Donnie. I mean, that, that's good news. I, I like to hear it. We're, we're back on the podcast train. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah, you know, I, I guess we could just get right into the whole, uh, you know, topic list. We actually have some, uh, you know, maybe some interesting MLB stuff we can just dive into real quickly. We can start off with uh, what I think is just the most bizarre thing in the world. I guess we're just letting veterans pitch at this point. Um, if, if they want to go on, Albert Pujols decides he's going to cl- come close a game out. Um, really just an odd situation, given the fact that, you know, I, realistically, so we've seen pit, bad hitters pitch like bad position players pitch before and it's like albert you know he gave up two jacks gave up four runs but still it's like this is these are the moments that people actually want to see in baseball like this is what you stayed for the for the first 17 runs to watch right like yeah, Ryan, was, what are we thinking this was literally the most st louis cardinals thing of all oh, time it is. for them to be on sunday night baseball with adam wainwright pitching the yadier molina and them having good games and then albert pujols has a good game at the plate and they're like oh this is just the most funny thing in the world we're just going to throw albert pujols out there and pitch a little bit and as you said yeah it didn't go necessarily the best you know the cardinals had, had plenty of runs that's that's why uh, you know, Pujols was out there in that spot, but yeah, just literally just the most St. Louis Cardinals thing of all time. And, and yeah, he, he did kind of get beat up a little bit at the plate, but yeah, that it was just like, I was like, what am I watching? Like there were, there was other playoff hockey going on at the same time, but I was still tuned into this game for, for fantasy baseball purposes. So I had to sit through this thing and I was like, now Albert Pujols is pitching. It, it was just the, the most strange, uh, circumstance, but it was also like very predictable at the same time. Definitely fair. Sam, I have a question for you. What yeah. are your thoughts on position players pitching in the MLB? Do we need more of it? Do we need less of it? Like, cause I, I have a significant opinion here and I might sound like a, I don't know, like a boomer or whatever, but it, as, as great as it is to watch Albert Pujols pitch, like I'd really rather that not happen. Like just, just realistically speaking, like that man's gotta be, you know, we don't know how old he actually is. The birth certificate thing. He's gotta be like 45, like, come on. Yeah. 
it, it's definitely a unique situation. Um, it's like some video game, like playing MLB the show and you're up by a lot of runs and you throw a center fielder out there. I I don't personally understand it, but I mean, it's Albert Pujols. You got to show some love, but I, I wouldn't like to see it personally. Yeah. You know, RK question. Since you've been to a lot of baseball games, you ever seen a position player pitch before? No, I don't think I've seen one in person. I've definitely seen it on TV quite a bit. And you you mentioned like the boomer thing, Donnie, because like my my thought process was the same as you here, because I was always under the impression where it's like if your team is the one that's getting blown out, like, go ahead, throw a position player on there. It doesn't really matter. Like you're, you're getting blown out. Like don't waste any more bullpen arms. Anyhow. But it's not always where the team is leading. Like it was in this situation, you know, the Cardinals had a 13 run lead and they decided to put Pujols out there. And my initial reaction was like, uh, I don't know. Like I, like I was kind of like old traditional baseball mind where I was like, I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing. And then I saw like two other teams do it like this week as well. Like I was like, I was like, Oh, I, I was going to have like a bad take. And now I'm like, this is just like regular baseball practice. So I don't even know what to make of it at this point. Yeah. So we see it kind of often out of other teams, uh, specifically the Rays like to use Brett Phillips when they're up or down a lot of runs. He's just like their designated go-to utility pitcher, utility pitcher, which is is so odd. It's so strange. It is very Rays. Um, But on the other hand, I don't think there's anything that is more strange than basically throwing a no hitter and losing. So in, in the most Cincinnati Reds fashion this week, we saw Hunter Green throw seven and a third innings of no hit ball. Obviously, he had some walk issues there. I believe he almost had a half dozen walks, including two in the final inning. Uh, and then, you know, the guy that came in walked somebody fielder's choice. Bang, there's a run on the board. The Pirates win without a hit one to zero. First off, you know, RK, what's wrong with this scenario? Like uh, how many things could have gone wrong for the Reds in this possible scenario? This is just this is just the NL Central. Like I, I don't even know what I'll say. Like this is the most typical Reds Pirates thing for to ever happen to have a no hitter and the team loses. Like the Reds throw a no hitter and everyone in their dugout is sad. Like like that, that is just that is just very NL Central in in this year with two bad teams. Like the Pirates. Like yeah, are you even celebrating? You guys just got no hit. Like do you guys even get allowed to celebrate a, a win like that? Like I feel like no. I feel like you shouldn't be allowed to. Yeah, honestly, like, I feel like if you get no hit and win the game, you're on a, like a more prestigious list than if you just like got no hit. Like, I think that that's more spectacular in in the first place. Um, Sam, I have a quick question for you. Just, just for, for my own, you know, knowledge, baseball fan, are you a big baseball fan? Not really. You know, not professional. Um, I'm a big college baseball fan, believe it or not. And I know that's a rare thing. Um, but I'm from Arkansas and they have a squad this year. They're ranked like fourth in the nation. So I prefer college baseball over major league baseball. Too many games, you know, like it's just too much for me, too much to keep track of. I mean, I'll show love to Cubs every once in a while. Like I have their ESPN notifications on, but. You can't catch me uh, watching a 16-hour baseball game, you know. <laughs> See, the thing is, I usually uh, – I don't really notice it usually as a baseball fan who's watched a lot of baseball games, specifically MLB games over the years. Um, but I've actually added in a, a little bit of, you know, college baseball to my repertoire this year with Miami being pretty good. I follow Miami um, 
collegiate sports pretty closely. That's kind of like the go-to. Um, yeah, adding on college baseball to an actual MLB season, like where you want to watch every game, it's ridiculous. And I think, you know, before we get move on here, RK, I just want to hear what you have to say. MLB season too long, yes or no? Because I definitely, I'm starting to feel it. We're, we're only like, what, 30, 35, 40 games in, and I'm already starting to feel a, a little bit, you know, uh, burnt out here. Yeah, it's a, it's a little too long, but I got to say, at least the MLB is better now than when it was in like the 1940s when the World Series was just determined by the two best regular season teams in each league. That was that was terrible. I don't know why that was ever a thing, but it was. And also, shout out to college baseball, SEC though, Sam. It just means more. Arkansas baseball, that, that's the SEC. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think we can move away from baseball talk considering we are in what is probably the most boring time of the baseball season, and we can move over to our first of two sports that are in the playoffs uh, starting out with the NBA we saw some very very strange basketball in the last like uh, since we've recorded last we've seen some very very weird occurrences including I just want to start off with what I think is the most shocking of any of the performances possible is the Phoenix Suns basically deciding game six and game seven to not play basketball anymore getting absolutely swamped on home court after getting absolutely swamped in Dallas game six uh, they go home game seven and we see what is potentially like the worst performance we've ever seen out of like a team this talented in a game seven before, like Devin Booker had 11 points, uh, three of 14 shooting. Chris Paul had 10 points. Their leading scorer was just shockingly enough, 12 points from Cam Johnson off the bench. So like, first off, I guess I'll start off with RK. Like what happened? How does that even, is, is this like, just a bad night for everybody like how how does that go down yeah I I was definitely stunned by it I mean I I thought that Dallas was going to be you know competitive in this series when we kind of went through some of our predictions on it I was like well I think Dallas will kind of push it I could see it even going to, to a seven game you know finale but I thought that Phoenix was overall the better team well, they had more depth um, you know to see how things unfolded for them in game seven uh, you know was really surprising especially for a team that you know won the Western Conference last year yeah, I think it's shocking me. Sam, as a basketball fan, would you say that we are sleeping on Luka Doncic at this point? And he, is he like the best player in the league maybe? Because it really feels like it every time he goes out on the court. I, th- I think it's a little early to say he's the best player in the league. There's this guy on Milwaukee that might have something to say about that. Fair enough. But, but he's definitely uh, proven himself. I mean, he's definitely... I mean, another dude in this NBA playoffs, uh, Jason Tatum, which I'm sure we'll touch on in a bit. Those two guys are by far and away the young talent, best young talent in the league, and it's not even particularly close for me. I, I think Luca is just proving once again why he's he's one of the best. It's really strange to me to see a player like that young look so old and so poised in a situation like that, given the fact that even like the playoffs are a different animal. And as you know, you alluded to a little bit there, um, another game seven going on a similar situation where, you know, maybe didn't get swamped Boston stuck in the game pretty much uh, until the end. Obviously, the third quarter was very, very rough. Uh, I'm assuming both of you were able to watch that. Ryan, first off. I think that you and I were a little bit higher on the Celtics than what ended up happening there. I, I don't know. Last, last time on the podcast, it seemed like we were a little bit more, um, you know, it, we thought it was pretty much like 
a guarantee that they were going to run through Miami maybe, but I guess we can start off with just a shocking upset of Giannis Antetokounmpo. They, I think they lost by 30 points, 28 points in game seven. Um, thanks to a Grant Williams performance, which was just totally off the bingo card. Uh, first off game seven, Ryan, Milwaukee, Boston, like what happened to the Bucks there? Yeah, that was really weird. I mean, especially how that series kind of ended. Uh, we were talking about uh, Sam mentioned Tatum earlier. I mean, he, there were some games where Jason Tatum was just absolutely just so dominant in the fourth quarter, and it was just he and Giannis going back and forth, and it was really fun basketball to watch. So uh, it was almost it was it was definitely a big surprise to see it be a blowout in uh, in Game Seven, much like it was in in the Dallas and Phoenix series as well. At least on my standpoint, I thought it was going to be really kind of close, competitive. Obviously, you know the Bucks. Being without Chris Middleton, you know, unfortunate, you know, Giannis even said after he's like, yeah, you know, things might have been a little different, but, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, the Bucks will be, uh, you know, going home, unfortunate, you know, the, uh, the team, obviously defending champs, you know, both teams that, that were in the finals last year out blown out in, uh, in game seven of the second round. So Boston moving on, you know, they, they already ended up losing game one against Miami uh, in the uh, conference finals. But um, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a big surprise for me to see them, you know, blow out uh, Milwaukee in game seven. I thought, you know, I, it could go either way and, and it would be close throughout. Yeah. You know, Sam, you, you brought up Jason Tatum before. Uh, obviously there was a lot of criticism after game three, I believe. I think he had a pretty tough, uh, performance in game three regardless you know we're not really thinking about game three given the fact that they came back and absolutely dominated at the end but Jason Tatum turns it around after what I, I would say is it, probably his worst playoff performance you're going to find and then goes up and puts out uh, I, I think it was 30 34 46 and 24 and maybe 23 I wrote this down before um, just I really like a, a surprisingly quality bounce back from Jason Tatum, who, as you said, you know, one of the best players in the world very easily at this point. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, I just, it's not just Jason Tatum that you showed love to Grant Williams. Um, guys show love to the guy uh, running aside. Jason Tatum, that's Jalen Brown, one of the most underage stars in this league. Just they played that team ball, uh, Marcus Smart as well. Just, I'm with you, Ryan. Um, wasn't expecting them to just blow out the Bucks um, in Game Seven, especially. But that's kind of been the vibe of the NBA playoffs. These games we've all been looking forward to end up being blowouts. I mean, literally every series. I swear. Yeah, it's really strange. RK and I talked about this a little bit uh, before, but it just felt like. Most of the time, like even I think our example was talking about the end of the Memphis Golden State series, but it's like, how does Golden State go from winning by, I think they won by 30 at home and then they won the next game and then they went to Memphis and lost by 40 in a game where people are like, oh, like this is huge. And then the next game people are talking, oh, like this is the game where uh, Memphis, you know, shows up obviously without John Morant, a little bit more difficult, uh, easier said than done, but like it's. Do you feel like the quality of playoff basketball is lower? Do you just think that there's not that many dominant teams that can compete with each other, like for a seven game series? Like eventually I feel like some of these teams just falter and we see the game seven, like they're so tired and so depleted of what they've given the first six games. RK, I guess we can start with you here. Like yeah. quality of basketball kind of depletes by a seven game series. 
Yeah, and I, I think maybe, you know, it, it's kind of series dependent, you know, if it was a close classic game seven, you know, we're obviously not having this discussion, but I, I listened to what Giannis was kind of saying after the game. I, I always love listening to what Giannis has to say. I think, you know, obviously he's a great basketball player, but I think he just has a kind of a great approach and always kind of talks about his mindset and he's obviously developed into such an unbelievable star. So I wanted to listen to what he, you know, had to say, you know, a blowout loss after game seven. And, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, he said, you know, yeah, it was a little tough without Chris Middleton, but I mean, for Giannis, like, wow, he had to put everything on his shoulders. And, and you know, he did last year and obviously won the championship. But, uh, you know, it seemed like every time down, it, you know, they're just kind of looking at Giannis to make things happen. And more often than not, he did. I, he was really good in this series. But, uh, you know, just right at the end of the tank, uh, at the end of the season, you know, just qu not quite enough uh, for the Bucs to, to get past Boston. Sam, what are your thoughts on just like the quality of basketball overall as the series goes on? Because I feel like the first game or, or even when teams switch uh, to go on the road, it's like you can almost count on on games being a little bit like, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 points at the very least. Yeah, no, for sure. I think I do think this NBA playoffs have just been super weird. I, don't ask me why, because I have no idea. But yeah, it's it's definitely the further the series have gone on in this playoff, particularly have been blood. I mean, we've talked about the Bucks and the Suns, and you can look at all of the series, honestly. Um, but yeah, I think I think it does diminish it, but I don't think that's the case every year. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I mean, again, we've talked about it on the pod before, but I feel like basketball is a very star dependent sport. And, you know, it, it comes down to the point where, you know, a guy like Giannis does need a little bit of help. And we, you know, obviously Chris Middleton losing him didn't help in the slightest here. I guess we can move on, just get our final predictions on. We're finally at a place where the best of the best, the cream of the crop are rising to the top, uh, Golden State, Dallas, Boston, Miami, First off, I'll start with RK because RK, I know you have an affinity for the Golden State Warriors time to time, as you do with Luka Doncic. What do you think happened in the series? Obviously, we're recording midway through uh, game number one and Golden State's up pretty big at home, but uh, we can touch on that again near the end of the pod, I think. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, yeah, it's tough to go against Golden State. I, I feel like kind of, you know, once Phoenix went down, I, I thought that Phoenix and Golden State was going to, you know, line up as a really good conference final. So for Dallas to, you know, kind of upset their way and, and be there, um, you know, they've had a really good run. I mean, with how they played, you know, at the start of the playoffs and they didn't even have Doncic in the lineup, guys like Jalen Brunson really have kind of stepped up for them. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously when Doncic come back, it's a big boost. Dallas, I think they'll win a game or two, but I think actually think Golden State could win this in, in five or six games. Um, overall, I just think they're, you know, they've, they've got all the playoff experience you could want and, and they're getting pretty hot guys like Jordan Poole have even kind of stepped up for them, uh, recently as well. So I feel like they're just kind of clicking and, uh, I like golden state to definitely advance, um, you know, all the way to uh, the finals. And I think they would even be the favorite in the finals, uh, over either Miami or Boston, whoever got there. Sam thoughts. First off, we'll start off with golden state versus Dallas before we get into the Boston Miami series. What are you thinking, Sam? Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with RK here. Um, I think, I mean, we just kind of touched on it. Fitting enough, I think Luca is going to get a little burnt out. I mean, he's been kind of doing it all ever since he bounced back from that injury. And as we're saying tonight, the Warriors just have way too many weapons. And I just think, I don't think Dallas uh, can keep up. I got the Warriors in uh, six. Yeah, I think that's fair. And on the other hand, we can flop over to the other conference. We have Boston, Miami, Miami uh, came out, did what they, you know, you expect the team to do in game one at home. Uh, one, it, 
close-ish game. Obviously, I talked about it a little bit before. The third quarter was like the worst possible way for Boston to go out after. I, I would say they pretty much dominated the first half, although the defense wasn't necessarily there. Uh, Boston, Miami, up 1-0 currently, Miami. Uh, do you think they hold on, or do you think we see a long series? What are we thinking, Sam? You know, I, th- I think this series is going to be closer. Um, I got it going seven. Honestly, it's a toss-up. I, ne- I wasn't uh, high on Miami, honestly, all year. Um, but so- something found me go with me, go with them, and the guy that always has a chip on his shoulder, Jimmy Butler. So I think I'm going to give the slight edge to the Miami Heat in seven over the Boston Celtics. RK, uh, you have been quoted on Twitter saying Jimmy Butler's defense is comically good, borderline bullying after last night's performance. Yeah. Uh, what are we thinking? How how we feel this series is going to go? Yeah, I mean, I obviously have a lot of love for Jimmy Butler. You know, came up with the Bulls, obviously, and, you know, wasn't necessarily on the greatest teams in the world. You kind of got to wash Derrick Rose, <laughs> unfortunately, for, for a lot of that time. But, man, I mean, Jimmy Butler is just one of those guys. I feel like when we always have these discussions, Donnie, about like guys that step up in the playoffs, usually we're thinking like hockey guys, like guys like Joe Pavelski, always Ryan O'Reilly, they'll always step in the play. Jimmy Butler is that guy in the NBA. Like anytime the playoffs happen, like this guy will turn from a, oh, yeah, that guy's a star player too. Damn, this guy is a absolute superstar and both ends of the floor. And yeah, I was watching that game yesterday. There was other NHL games on, but I was like, I kind of want to watch this game. One of the, the Boston Miami series. Cause I kind of thought what Sam was thinking. I was like, I could see it going back and forth. And it was kind of a weird game, even in the first half, Boston and it played well and then that third quarter and second half like Jimmy Butler like every time down the floor is either getting a block or a steal there was literally two possessions in a row where he got a steal and turned it into a layup on the other end like I was like this guy's like playing 2k and he's got 99 steal and, and pickpocket and all the all the you know whatever you whatever you call it the the attributes what what do they call you'll, it you'll, you'll, the you'll figure it out You'll figure it out. Yeah, that's it. I got you, Ryan. Badges. Thank you, Sam. You're a 2K guy. But Jimmy Butler's got all the badges in real life. Like, it's crazy how, how he was going up and down the floor and, uh, yeah, just so dominant. And, yeah, we saw it two years ago when when we were in the bubble and, and Miami got all the way to the finals before losing to the Lakers. But, you know, Butler just really kind of turns into an absolute superstar. And even some of the guys around him with the Heat, like, I was really impressed with Bam Adebayo in game one. And Tyler Hero has been impressive through the playoffs. So, I feel like they just got a nice team. Eric Spolster is a really good coach. I definitely could see this series still going either way Boston's going to get their wins like they've got a really good team too but I just think Jimmy Butler um, is just such an impact guy on, on both ends of the floor and not like a guy like Jason Tatum isn't on the other side but I just love watching Butler play and, and game one was just an unbelievable performance defensively from him yeah I think that's fair and so I did just an optimal like little thought of finals matchups in my head and I think almost every finals matchup that would be optimal would be Golden State versus Miami. It just feels like it makes a lot of sense um, given the way, obviously Miami played just a little bit better than everybody else in the Eastern Conference this year. And then Golden State's Golden State. Um, I, I don't think that there's any real, I don't think anybody would argue having a Golden State and Miami matchup in the finals. Although, um, you know, our, our friend Eric Jensen has put money on the Boston Celtics. I will, <laughs> I will disclose that. Say that. Uh, any dis- Eric Jensen bet. I will disclose that Eric Jensen has placed money on the Boston Celtics. So I am I'm officially anti-Boston Celtics. Uh, I will not be putting any money or, or giving any praises to the Boston Celtics uh, furthermore here. Uh, because whenever Eric Jensen plays a vet, Sam, I'm not sure if you know, Eric is maybe the worst sports bet of all time. He's a Utah man. I don't want to like hurt his feelings, but Eric Eric does wrong a whole lot more than he does right when it comes to sports betting. <laughs> um, I guess, you know, since we have our predictions and we can go over the NBA draft lottery, which is interesting enough, you know, obviously uh, 
Sam, this is why you're here. What are you thinking? First off, uh, the, the NBA, the lottery system is very strange. It's very interesting that you can send whoever you want to, to, uh, you know, <laughs> obviously I think RK knows exactly where I'm going with this one. Yeah. But yeah. It's just, it's really funny. And I think that we need to like, we need to go even further outside of the box with sending people to the lottery. Like I want to see some real characters. I want players on the team that don't play. Like I, I want something, I want something interesting. Send me a G league player. RK lottery. What are we thinking? Yeah, I mean, I actually didn't end up watching the lottery, but anytime I hear about it, I'm like, ooh, interesting. You know, I'm a draft guy, and, and Sam's a big NBA draft guy too, so it, the timing actually worked out really well. But, I mean, Magic, they end up winning it, uh, you know, the lottery here. Um, you know, they had the best odds for it. So, but you're right, Donnie, maybe, maybe even like throwback players, like give me like Jameer Nelson out there for the magic. Like that would be, that would fire me up for sure. But I, I like it when they've got like, like the owner's son, like the Cavs are always a classic for doing that for, for who they'd send up there. Like, sure. Just throw the, throw the janitor, you know, the, the assistant equipment manager, any, anyone you want can, can go up there for the lottery. Yeah. You know, Sam, I'll, I'll kick it over to you here, obviously, as somebody who actually cares about the NBA draft, usually our guests do not care about the NBA in the slightest other than Eric Jensen. Again, a, a double Eric mentioned, but you know, he's a jazz wow. fan. So uh, he, he's been quoted as telling me basketball is stupid uh, multiple times recently. First off. So the Houston Rockets, you have to feel bad for the Houston Rockets, right? Like before we get into anything deeper here, the Houston Rockets cannot have anything good happen to them. Like ever. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, they are they're on the shark bus to say the least. I do think they have some good talent, young talent, uh, Christian Wood, uh, Jalen Green, um, two of their studs. You can throw Kevin Porter, but he has some off the court issues that he needs to figure out. But yeah, it, it seems nothing can go right for them. Um, they ended up with what what they four fourth fifth they ended up at three they they had the one obviously i don't think they can drop past three unless you're like just just incredibly unlucky but yeah they they dropped to three um i just want to mention you know i know all about the houston rockets i watched the lakers get like absolutely dubbied by them in overtime as a lakers fan this year it's been it's been a tough ride but um yeah i i know all about the rockets it's been a lot of pain i think the lakers lost to them multiple times this year which just can't happen given the fact that i'm pretty sure they had like 20 or less wins um but final question before we move on here for sam the nba draft guru of our podcast in here obviously because rk and i do not uh pay as much attention is it really that crazy like the top three and that everybody else in the draft or do you think it's a little bit closer than people have been saying um yeah that's that's interesting i do think it's top heavy this year um the three guys everyone's talking about Jabari Smith, Paolo, Big and Chet Holgram I think those are by far the best talents but I think there is some sneaky good talent um gosh I love to my Iowa guy Keegan Murray um Jaden Ivey, Benedict Mathurin all these guys but it's definitely the top three and I think five years down the road, those are going to be the guys everyone remembers from this draft. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, RK, Keegan Murray, before we move on here, RK doesn't care about basketball or anything until Iowa has something involved or in the playoffs. And I heard a lot of Iowa basketball from RK this year until, you know, obviously the ultimate demise. RK, Keegan Murray, what are we thinking? 
Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Keegan Murray is actually, uh, was really kind of fun to follow his career. Like, like Iowa always like they disappoint in March. That's just kind of something you got to come to that conclusion early, you know, losing to Richmond in the first round is even like special for Iowa bad. So that was really nice to witness that this year, but Keegan Murray side, I mean, he, the, he this was his uh, second year at Iowa this past year and, and he totally took massive steps up. Like you kind of saw the flashes, like the end, end of his freshman year is like, okay, Keegan Murray's starting to come on a little bit, but at that time they still had Luca Garza kind of, you know, dominate and uh you know he was the veteran and whatnot but this year without him by his side you know Keegan Murray really kind of stepped up love his ball handling for a guy his size really athletic and is able to kind of get up and down the floor uh pretty well improved as a shooter as well so I really like Murray I'm sure Sam's got a, a lot of thoughts on that as well just given that he's a fellow Hawkeye as I mentioned you know Sam you want to add anything before we move on to the NHL here yeah um I'm gonna I'm go ahead and say this I think Keegan Murray is one of the best uh, NBA prospects Iowa has produced in a while. I do think he's better than Luca Garza and his side in particularly close. Um, we'll see how his NBA career pans out. I hope I hope he kills it, but we'll see. You know, obviously we root for Iowa here. Uh, Iowa has been called a fake state many times, but Iowa is school. Obviously, I, I can get behind Iowa sports. They do it right. Yeah, go uh, on. I guess we can move on to what I'm here for, or maybe not here for, given the lack of success <laughs> I've had tonight. Um, hockey talk. First off, we had, unlike the NBA, there are no blowouts when it comes to you know late series in the NHL. When teams get deep in the series, you know they're going to be close games for the most part. And we saw uh, last time when we talked about the Rangers to start off here, the Rangers were in dire straits. Um, I think they had just come off. Maybe did we record before or after the game last week, RK? I think they had just won game five. Okay, so they just won game five. It was still looking dire. They had to go back to Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, obviously the Rangers came back, won game six, and then won game seven. Right. Um, before losing tonight, I didn't want to get to that. That was tough. But we also saw some other really terrific series. RK, who? What do you think the series that you most enjoyed watching was, and who do you feel bad for in the playoffs, if any team? Uh, I don't, well, I'll actually answer the second question and it's not even a team. It's one individual person. And that's Jake Ottinger, the Dallas stars goalie. I mean, this guy was an absolute warrior in game seven in Calgary, in the sea of red, like Calgary was just prep, absolutely pressuring him the entire game. And he played incredible in overtime and uh, wasn't able to secure that win. Calgary moving on for the uh, battle of Alberta. They got going on now with Edmonton, but felt bad for Jake Ottinger for third really thought, you know, Dallas, everyone, I, I mean, we were completely writing them off. We were like, I don't, they just snuck into the playoffs, kind of got a little lucky and been playing their best hockey end up taking the flames to seven games. And I thought Ottinger was a, a big reason for that. But on the flip side, other series I enjoyed watching for sure. Definitely really like that Toronto and Tampa Bay series. I mean, it's, it's just hard to just ignore the fact that the Leafs again lost in seven games in the first round of the playoffs. Like it, it's incredible. Like it's the most, it's so unsurprising that it almost is a little surprising with how consistent the Leafs are at losing in the first round. So we, we kind of highlighted that we knew that series was kind of going to be a fun one, uh, just given the nature of how those two teams play hockey, really fast paced, a lot of skill, really good forwards. So really like watching that Tampa Bay and Toronto series and couldn't help but chuckle a little bit once that one ended up final going for Tampa Bay. 
Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. Uh, just a quick rundown before I get to Sam's opinion of what's going to happen in the next couple of days. Um, obviously, we saw Carolina got pushed to seven, which was a little bit surprising, but they snuck out a seven-game series win against Boston. Uh, Edmonton versus the Kings was probably the most boring game seven you could have asked for. Uh, the Kings, Jonathan Quick was standing on his head. The Kings couldn't score. Really an unfortunate reality. As you talked about, Jake Ottinger, um, uh, you you can underplay it all you want. People have already stopped talking about it, but the guy made 64 saves in a little bit under like a, an extra overtime pass a full game. So he he made like two and a half games worth of saves in one game and kept Dallas in it. Obviously the Rangers beat Pittsburgh, but I want to talk about what's going to come next. Obviously we're recording at an interesting time. Uh, we are at the end of every game one, except for Edmonton Calgary. Uh, obviously last night, we're recording tonight. It is Wednesday, May 18th. Last night, Tampa beat Florida 4-1. Colorado beat St. Louis in overtime 3-2 after absolutely dominating, uh, being pushed to overtime. Uh, Carolina beat the Rangers 2-1 in OT after the Rangers dominated the first two periods, uh, blew the third. And then right now, Calgary is just pretty much uh, taking Edmonton to the cleaners. It's 3-1 into the first, but they outshot them by triple. Uh, first off, I want both of your projections on what's going to happen from here, starting off with the Eastern Conference Series. RK, I'll start with you. Tampa, Florida, Rangers versus the Hurricanes. Who do you have going on to the next round? Yeah, I, uh, I did pre predict both of these series happening. So, I mean, shout out to me, the smart hockey mind. But from here, I pre actually predicted that Florida would end up beating Tampa Bay uh, in, in a lengthy series. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay ended up winning game one. And obviously, it's, it's hard to pick against Tampa Bay. They're the two-time defending cup champs and keep winning. But I think Florida is going to end up getting the win in this series. The, the comeback cats, that's just kind of been their moniker all season. And so I think it would be uh, a shame to count them out after losing, you know, game one of that series. So I got Florida moving on. And then I got Carolina moving on over the Rangers. Um, you know, they ended up winning that that first game today in overtime. But I think the Rangers will battle for sure. I, I like what they're doing. But, um, you know, really impressive for them to come back against Pittsburgh, as you talked about. Got a little help on from the injury bug on, on the other side in Pittsburgh. But I like the Rangers. Think they're going to get a, a win or two in this series. But I like Carolina to move on overall. Sam, considering you uh, happen to watch tonight's hockey game, do you have do you agree with RK on the Rangers Carolina thoughts and uh, just, you know, moving forward here, do you think the Rangers have a chance after just what I would say as a Rangers fan is a very devastating game one loss? Yeah, uh, it's funny. You're a Rangers fan. One of my best friends is also a Rangers fan. So you're not the only one in shambles right now. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I, unfortunately, Donnie, I, I do agree with RK. I think Carolina <laughs> looked good tonight. And I will uh, go against uh, Ryan on this uh, other game, though. Everyone, see, I'm not a huge hockey fan like y'all two are, but everybody is talking how dominant Tampa Bay has been all season, all postseason. So I'm, I'm not going to go against what everyone's saying. So I got Tampa Bay. Yeah, see, I agree with you on that one. I think after game one, what ended up being what I would say is a more, you know, surprisingly dominant offensive performance without Braden Point, uh, one of Tampa's better players. I think Tampa wins this, and I don't think it goes to seven. I would take Tampa in six, maybe five after watching game one. And, you know, obviously, RK is going to tell me that the Panthers are the greatest team of all time. He's been on the Panthers for quite a long time here. Uh <laughs> I think that Tampa is just it, it. There's too much experience. There's too much winning there for them to lose this series. Maybe Lucky like John Cooper. He does such a good job. It's it's incredible how 
you know, Florida is not very banged up right now. And Tampa losing brain point is as bad of a loss as like losing Nikita Kucherov or Steven Samkos at this point, honestly, yet seamless, seamless victory in game one. Uh, I think we can shift over to the other conference, St. Louis, Colorado. First off, RK, just, just, we can get out of, out of the way real quick. Colorado is going to win this one quickly. Right. But St. Louis was surprising in game one. Yeah, I think so. And I, I don't know if I'm, you know, writing off St. Louis, but I, I don't think they win the series. But I mean, they've got all the playoff experience. They're, they're going to battle. They know how to play playoff hockey. But I got Colorado winning the series. And Edmonton, Calgary. This is even more of a write off for me. I think Calgary, you know, obviously you can only tell so much from one period, but this is a Calgary team that plays defense. And Edmonton, Mike Smith, you know, we're seeing game one here. It's not looking great. Um, I, I think, you know, Sam. Before we move forward here, I want to hear your takes on St. Louis, Colorado. Obviously, Colorado has been dominant all year, so that is the, the pretty much the favorite pick out of the West. But Edmonton, Calgary was an interesting series. Uh, I, as a non-hockey fan, I'll give you some, uh, some some background on this one. The Battle of Alberta is like, RK, you would say this is like a top three matchup in the NHL, right? Yeah, it's a classic rivalry. These guys go out and just smack the hell out of each other for 60 minutes every time they play, sometimes more. Uh, th- these are dirty, like grimy, old-timey hockey games. If you're a not, not like a huge hockey fan, like I think this is like the most fun series to watch just as a casual fan, I would say. So, Sam, any thoughts on what's going to happen at Edmonton, Calgary as a, you know, obviously you can watch Connor McDavid and, and they look great, but the Edmonton Oilers are kind of a mess, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm following the game on my computer right now, and it's not looking too pretty for the Oilers right now. And Calgary's looking good, so I I think it's going to be a little chalky this series. Yeah, you know, at, at this point, uh, we talk about Edmonton's goaltender Mike Smith quite a lot as being <laughs> like like the the the. And when you have your goalie pulled six minutes into a game one of a, a seven game series, like it's not it's not ideal. RK thoughts on the series? Just just give me give me your opinions. What are we thinking? Yeah, I mean, I got Calgary in this one as well. I do think it'll be a little bit of a grind series just because that those are those two teams. You, you throw the records out and it's in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know, they're going to they're going to take each other's heads off a little bit. But I got to say about Mike Smith, I, I it's fair. I think all the criticism we give of Mike Smith is completely fair. So I'm not here to back that up. But he actually did end up having a OK series in the first round against the Kings. His stats look pretty good, even though game one, it was not pretty in terms of the giveaways and playing the puck, which is an unusual aspect of Mike Smith's game that is bad so you know he wasn't necessarily a huge disaster but it's kind of always just in the back of our mind like oh we're just waiting for it and you know here it was in game one yeah I think that's fair obviously I'd like to think that the Edmonton Oilers have a chance but in reality from what we've seen in the first you know 20 minutes of the first game of the series um, you can see a lot and uh, it looks like what we expected so I think we can just uh, move on from there we have questions Specifically, Eric questions. So, Sam, uh, just a background. The Eric questions, they're usually kind of a shit show. Um, but today, the Eric questions are like, okay, RK, we'll start with you. What is your moment of the week for baseball? Yeah, I mean, just kind of going back to how we started the podcast. I mean, I thought that Cardinals game was hilarious. But I got to go with the Reds. I mean, the, you get no hit, and and or you throw a no-hitter, and you lose. Like, like come on. Like, they, that's just, like, comical baseball to me and the NL Central, given that the Cubs are in the NL Central. I got to pay a little bit of attention to what's going on with the Reds and the Pirates. So I saw that was happening. I was like, what? And then I was like, no, this is not surprising at all. So I got to go with the Pirates winning a game, win nothing, and not even registering a hit. Sam, baseball guy, you want to give me a moment? Yeah, I, I actually got one. I did a little bit of research once <laughs> I found out about this one. Um, I'm going to stay in the NL Central. Uh, Rookie Cubs rookie uh, Christopher Morrell 
Um, he actually got the game against the Pirates, believe it or not, on Tuesday, and he made a prediction to Wilson Contreras, and he said, I'm a, I'm a homer this one. Sure enough, that's what happened. So, God give props to Christopher Morrell on this one. RK, thoughts? Yeah, that was a great moment. I, I I saw the highlights of it. I was like, wow, this guy's flying. He was like super pumped up. Just got called up from Double A as well. Wasn't even a guy that played for the Iowa Cubs. He, he came from uh, from Tennessee, the Cubs Double A affiliate, straight up to uh, to the big leagues. And yeah, made a big impact right away. As you said, that was a good moment. I like that one. Yeah, I'm gonna be boring and biased and just say the Dodgers actually winning a game after losing three or, or four in a row, three in a row against Philly. Um, you know, they came back against former Dodger Corey Knebel. Uh, Gavin Lux broke out of a slump. This is my moment of the week. So I don't really care what Eric's asking because we've already touched on Albert Pujols pitching. So th- that's my answer and I'm going to go with it. Um, his other question, however, RK, I think we're going to stick with you on this one. Who is going to stand away the lightning other than maybe the avalanche? Uh, give me like a top tier of teams that could win uh, from the teams left in this playoff. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with Eric that, uh, you know, the Avalanche are, are certainly a good uh, a good shout. I think Carolina and Florida are, are probably about even for me, um, you know, in terms of who else could could kind of knock them out. Um, you know, I think that you could knock the Panthers for, for playoff experience, as I've done many times, but a lot of familiarity being that they're in the same state, that rivalry is pretty strong. So wouldn't stun me to see the Panthers, uh, you know, knock them off. And uh, even so, I think Carolina could have a chance to knock them out in, uh, in the conference finals as well. Yeah, Sam, do you want to add anything? If you were going to pick one team to win the Stanley Cup other than the Tampa Bay Lightning, who would it be? Uh, I, I got faith in RK here. I, I'm going to go with the Panthers because why not? See, the thing is, having faith in RK for these picks, it's not always going to work out. I'm just going to be honest with you. Yeah, RK, Donnie well, did pick the Lightning last year, and they won. I'll give him credit. RK and I well, usually do pretty poorly on these on these brackets, though. We're usually pretty far off. Just anybody but the Rangers, maybe. <laughs> I just can't, I can't believe how this always happens. Like we could throw anybody on here, and I'm gonna get slander for a hockey team. It's just incredible. That's, um, it's for that's revenge for all the Iowa slander all the years. <laughs> okay, but like it's not Oklahoma. It could be worse. <laughs> if, if Sam was an Oklahoma fella, he'd really just get. Oh, all Razorbacks. Yeah, you know, I can yeah. I can get behind Arkansas. Obviously, what a, what a fantastic fantastic state. Obviously, a great school. Um, just you gotta love everything about Arkansas, but I, I'm gonna move on to Trey's question. RK, Trey's your friend. I want you to read the question. What do you got? Yeah, Trey was uh was fired up, Snapchatted me his thoughts on or Snapchat. Thoughts. Yeah, this is that's <laughs> it. that was the uh that was the wow. delivery of uh love of, that of this question here. You see, that's the thing. If it was on Twitter, I'd give I'd give a shout on uh on his Twitter handle, but I, I'm not gonna like give away a snap. <laughs> Anyways, Trey's question is Memphis Grizzlies says, What moves do the Grizzlies make this offseason, if any? Thought that was kind of a good caveat because I think the Grizzlies are definitely on the right track. Good young toy, good young team they have there. But took a look at what the Grizzlies are kind of looking at here. John Morant gonna be a restricted free agent, not this year, but after next year, after the 2023 season. I think you for sure lock him up this summer. No need to have any issues with John Morant being a Grizzly for a long time. No issues, you know, going into next season without a contract. I think you lock up John Morant as soon as you can now, uh, just given the fact with how good he has been for the Grizzlies. Also, they have a couple free agents this year, Kyle Anderson, Tyus Jones. I think those would be guys that would be worthwhile to uh, bring back to Memphis. Thought they've 
played pretty strong in the playoffs and obviously Memphis, uh, you know, definitely battled with, with golden state, you know, that's definitely a tall task, but as kind of their first, you know, real run at it, thought they, they put together strong performances. I think both those guys could come back and other things. I looked at a couple of the free agents. I think they could maybe look at getting one more big to go alongside Steven Adams uh, and Jaron Jackson uh, guys like Montrez Harrell or Dwayne Dedman uh, were two guys I thought could make sense for the Grizzlies. So a couple of smaller moves. I think the Grizzlies are on the right track, maybe add a few veterans, but they've got a really nice young core. So I think locking up John Morant would be my top priority. Sam, do you agree with that sentiment? Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you lock up John Morant? Um, but yeah, I think, I think you nailed it, Ryan. I think um, they have a great young core and they're going to be good for a while. Um, I do think they need to add a little bit uh, more veteran players to accompany that youth. But, I mean, they, I'm going to say, I think they could have uh, pulled off the upset given John Morant uh, got hurt. But they definitely have all the right pieces. They need to just add a little bit more depth. Yeah, I think it's interesting, and we see in the NBA when teams decide to go the full, like, oh, we're going to just roll a young roster out. And even we were getting questions last year from Trey, uh, RK, and I were getting questions about, you know, like, oh, like, what do they need to do to make the next step, take the next step? And RK and I are pretty much just saying, like, there's not a whole lot that they can do with all this young talent on their roster. Like, you kind of just have to let these guys eat. And it looks like, like, John Morant, for example, he's, like, the most talked about superstar in the NBA when he was playing in the playoffs this year. It was like incredible because usually, and it might just be a me, a me perspective as somebody who watches a lot of like background noise, sports center type talk, but like a Memphis Grizzly getting that much recognition and that much respect from the national media is something that you don't see very often. Like, would you guys agree on that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they took huge steps up this year. Um, you know, as a team, you know, everything really just kind of came together. I think, you know, Desmond Bain as well, um, you know, was kind of a, a nice, pleasant surprise with how great he was this year. So definitely think they're on the right track and, uh, you know, are building in, in the right direction. Yeah, I think it's interesting with just Memphis in general and watching these young teams come out and rival like, you know, John Morant's out here stepping up with Steph Curry and it's like not really crazy. Like this is just like every day. This guy, John Morant, is literally like I'm pretty sure that he is 22. I could be wrong on that. Like you don't usually see a 22 year old stepping up toe to toe and playing uh, with these types of talents. But, uh, you know, I guess the NBA, these guys are built different. Um RK, anything you want to add before we round off the podcast here? No, I think it's been a good one. I mean, hey, still we've got playoffs going on in, in a couple sports, so I can't complain about that. Draft lottery, I mean, it doesn't matter the sport. I'm, I'm intrigued in, in what's going on. we got teams losing games when they throw a no-hitter. So, I mean, a fun week in sports, honestly. We, we had a good good stuff, good stuff to talk about, good timing for Sam to come on with uh, with some basketball chatter as well. So, I mean, I mean, shout out to Sam, good man. Obviously, Sam, I mean, hey, your, your podcast, it's back on. That's, that's what we found out here. So, if you want to go ahead and share it, plug it, whatever you want, you can. Uh, yeah. It. Yeah. Um... We actually have a episode dropping tomorrow morning. Uh, check it out um, Crunch Time with the Big Three. Um, it, you can find it anywhere, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And also drop us a follow on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Crunch Time underscore pod and check us out. I will definitely make sure to throw in, um, you know, your <laughs> Uh, podcast link whenever it goes live tomorrow also when I tweet this out I'll tweet out the crunch time account um, so you guys get a little bit of love from us I guess from here we can send it off Ryan I'm gonna have you close it out yeah definitely happy to do that end of the podcast folks 
You guys made it all the way through. So you guys are, of course, the best. Definitely give a shout out to Sam's podcast. They also do funny questions. I, I like asking questions on there as well. So definitely give that podcast a shout. Very similar nature to uh, kind of our chatter. So I think a lot of our listeners would, would like what's going on over there. Sam, regular question asker. Got him on the pod. It was good stuff. So end of the podcast, folks. You guys, of course, are the best. Check West. He's coming on next podcast. We just had this podcast. You know, we were like, all right, we're going to get Sam on before before Check West comes on. So that's next podcast. You guys will tune in, of course, to that one. So thanks, everybody, again, so much for listening. And hope you guys all have a great rest of your day. Peace, everybody. Peace. I couldn't get better. This going to be the best day.